Live from the offices of Great River Investments in the beautiful city of Burlington, Iowa, this is the Marvin Knows Finances Show. I am your host, Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner, and joining me today is Joel Jolin of Jolin Media in West Burlington, Iowa, and Todd Slatke, CPA, and my team made it here at Great River Investments. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen in, and as always, for all you listeners on Google Podcasts and Spotify, don't forget to click the subscribe button. If you prefer to watch us in action, please check out our YouTube channel, the Marvin Knows Finances Show, and click subscribe there as well. Just like the last and every time, I have to take care of a little business before we get moving too far forward to make sure my compliance department stays happy and allows us to continue bringing this wonderful show. Marvin Thompson is an investment advisor representative and a registered investment advisor with Brokers Financial member SIPC. Opinions expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect those of Brokers Financial. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener. Great River Investments LLC does not offer tax or legal advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professionals regarding your individual circumstances. So, gentlemen, today we're talking about kids and money. All right. As we were talking before the show started, we got them all over the place in age range. Yeah, that's right. So, our question of the week this week, when should I start giving my child an allowance and how much should it be? Hmm. Great question. Great question. I love that question. I'm glad it was given to us. So, what's everybody's thoughts on this? We were we have two kids and they're adults now, and we uh, we were never uh, allowance people. We just um, we just thought uh, they hate you for that. They, sure. they probably do. They probably <laughs> do. Um, they did find ways to earn some money mowing grass and babysitting and uh, taking care of dogs when people were out of town, that kind of thing. But um, it wasn't like you know some kind of moral hate of the allowance concept but we just we just mm-hmm. didn't do it mm-hmm. perfect what about yeah. you joe yeah my kids range from six to 15 and um, we're kind of in that same boat we we don't have allowances either we we live on a small acreage that uh, that allows them to get outside and force them outside so we have chickens um, each kid kind of ran through the whole chicken chores and collect eggs and sell them chicken so there's chores a, yeah chicken <laughs> chores and there's a sales aspect of it too and uh, but other things too. I mean, we don't. But the the idea of allowance is not we. Yeah. Now we were totally the opposite. We actually gave our kids an allowance. Oh, but great. How it work? On, well, you know, it's one of those things where when they come to you on Friday and says, "Where's my allowance?" You kind of mm-hmm. start wondering, "Hey, you know, am I doing something wrong with it?" Mm-hmm. Very seldom happen. But you know, they might need to go to a movie or whatever. Um, but we live on a farm too, so the kids always knew that if they wanted extra money above and beyond yeah. the allowance, then yeah. they can always go out and cut brush or work with cattle or. Yeah. Do chicken chores, yeah. in our case too, um, and it worked out pretty good. Yeah, yeah, so, we did this. We do the same thing where we we don't necessarily give an allowance, uh, but if we were to talk about the other side of it, well, do you give? What are some things as parents that you do? Uh, you know, there's some things that we just kind of understand that we cover, whether it's something mm-hmm. at school. I know some people on the allowance side, they give an allowance and then, but that's it. If mm-hmm. something comes up, there's it's all on them to mm-hmm. manage that. And so we don't necessarily give allowance, but there's also times between my wife and I where we discuss, well, as a parent, this is something that we're going to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just like you had mentioned, if there's other projects outside, that's kind of above and beyond, you know, the, the duties of living at home, uh, then we, we give them yep. some money that way. So our allowance is based on the fact that there's a set amount of things that they have to do mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so first thing is in the morning, the bed better be made before you leave for school. You know, dad doesn't want to come home for lunch and see that bed not made because that's, that's a bad thing. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie would have to clean her own bathroom, as an example. You know, she makes the messes, she can clean it up. Travis has to take the garbage can out to the road. Those are the sorts of things that we gave them an allowance for. Right. So there was some expectations on that. I think more and more parents are kind of moving away from the traditional allowance of saying, here's five bucks, here's 20 bucks, here's whatever amount you're given on a weekly basis just because you're my child. I think it comes with a set of expectations now. Right. And, um, you know, on the Ramsey show, which we always talk about in this program, is, you know, there are people out there with job charts. Yes. You know, like you can, we're going to put away the dishes. That's worth $2, you know, and the kids are going to kind of become responsible for their own quote unquote commission, so mm-hmm. to speak, yes. mm-hmm. on the, they go out and they, they eat what they kill. That's a good concept to teach children from a very early age on. Yes. You know, um, work, if, work turns into income. Yeah. Work turns into income. It's, a, it's ingrained in them very early on. I just, I just love that concept. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like in all of our cases, you know, all the kids were able to earn extra monies if they wanted to do it and so forth, which is perfect. So one thing I think we would all agree on is nowadays kids have literally figured out ways to earn monies in amazing ways. You know, I'm still flabbergasted by the fact that people can make money just doing TikTok videos. Yeah. You know, young kids making lots of money, YouTube videos, things like that. You know, the more subscribers, the more money they get. So we would always say, you know, encourage the kids to... Uh, be creative when it comes to jobs. Not everybody's going to become a YouTube star or a TikTok star, but uh, around the house. You know, my niece, it's funny, my niece is into something called Roblox. That's some sort of gaming thing. I'm not even sure what it is. But she went to her dad the other night and she's like, Daddy, if, if I like massage your hand for 20 minutes, can I have five bucks? And my brother's like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, so like a half an hour later, she gets her $5 and she's floating on cloud nine. You know, so it's, it's kind of cool to um, encourage the kids to be creative when it comes to money. And like it was mentioned a few minutes ago, it, it does teach them at an early age that work equates to money. Money equates to things they want. Okay. And that really brings us up to the next thing is when kids get money, you know, what do you teach them to do with it? Okay. You know, and you got to be real careful because you can't be an insane parent who says, you know, you can, you never spend your money. You know, these kids work for that money. They have to have the, the ability to earn it and, and, and spend it flexibly and do their things. Mm-hmm. So, so we try to teach them to do three things with their money. Okay. Um, and the percentages will vary based on people and your percentages may have been different and so forth. But we want, first of all, to teach them to save some of it. You know, if the kid's got 20 bucks. Our hope was that they're putting away five to ten dollars of that just in their little bank account at home for a rainy day kind of thing and you know everybody may be different on that but you know nowadays what I'm seeing is my kids are already natural savers mm-hmm. you know they they generally tend to put 10 20 30 percent of paychecks away mm-hmm. into their savings accounts and Roth IRAs and fun stuff like that um, the second thing we always tried to teach the kids to do was maybe give a little bit of money to charity you know um, Christians believe in the concept of tithing. Tithing is a 10% gift right off the top, you know? So if, you know, the kids got 20 bucks for their allowance that week, it was important that we taught them to give $2 of that into the collection basket at church. Or maybe there was a ministry that the kids would want to follow or, you know, whatever the case may be. It's important to teach them that that's one of the ideas of money is to give back to others and so forth. And I don't know how you guys feel no, about that, we, or whether you did that too, but yeah, very much. Um, yeah, and, and and I think you're going to get to the point here on uh, on 
on the rest of it, you know, what, what do you do with the rest of it and, and kind of spending and enjoyment. But it, it can become kind of a, a balancing point, though, too. I mean, you can you can create a super saver, which which maybe not a terrible thing, but maybe through life somebody might have a problem with it. it's like I can never spend money on myself because I you know dad always instructed that I had to save everything or, or, or give it to charity and I don't think that's too much of a problem in this world but no, it can happen but it does happen yeah, yeah. and that really does be that does bring up the third thing is you got to encourage your kids to say, spend the money mm-hmm. you know take that money and go out and go to the movies or go bowling or mm-hmm. you know buy yourself a video game you know it's um it's super important that it's it's one of the three phases of you know teaching the kids about money is you know we want to save some of it we want to give some to charity and we want to spend it and the spending is the reward for the hard work you did okay those three categories they carry through life they carry through life i mean you the spending yeah. becomes different things it's more than movies and video games at 16 it it at 36 it's home mortgage and insurance payments and and going out for a drink. Yeah, going out for a drink. <laughs> exactly a right. A pop. A pop. A pop. Yeah. yeah, right. Nice try. <laughs> All right. So, uh, in stressing this once again, you know, please don't become crazy with your five-year-old on terms of what they do with their money. Okay. You you can literally ruin a child. Mm-hmm. Help a child, but ruin a child mm-hmm. uh, by being too focused on one of those three areas, and in terms of the monies. So. But as they get older, let's talk about what we call the firsts, okay? There are firsts all along a person's life that need to be addressed and, you know, the importance of the money that goes along with it. So one of the very first things is the first savings, the first checking account, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of banks will have what's called junior savings accounts where they actually will pay children a little bit higher rate of interest just for the concept of getting them used to saving money and so forth. Right. Um, I love this idea. Some of them are set up through the schools. Some of them are set up through the schools. It's like we have a local bank here in town that has a school program that runs mainly through the district and Mm -hmm. actually surrounding districts as well. And I don't know what the amounts are, but I think the kids can uh, deposit up to $20 per week or something like that into their uh, school savings accounts. They even have a a feature where I think for every deposit they – Deposit a dollar, also. Oh, just, well, there you go. To kind of to kind of encourage them to make deposits into their yep. account as well. Yep. I don't know what the rules are. I mean, not the rules, but the specifics are. But mm-hmm. um, they kind of like that idea. Oh, I, I just make a deposit and I get a dollar. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yep. And the one thing I've seen too is uh, parents are starting to take advantage of it and putting some of their own money <laughs> into the kids' accounts as well to try to earn a little bit higher. Maximize rate of that interest. Yeah. Maximize that interest as much as you can. Yeah, so. they've, they've. I mean, my understanding too, they've kind of created a little bit of a learning um, mm-hmm. about banking with, yep. with this, not just personal savings, but um, they kind of have like a little board of directors. Board yeah. of directors. They have people that are tellers. Yeah, yep. they yeah. got people that are tellers. My that program. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it's a good business great program. Yeah, right. And I think, I don't think there's an age like you got to you can be in preschool right or kindergarten in the schools and I use think this. so I think you can start so right away that's a wonderful place to keep, teach kids about money it's not complicated they understand it. it's basic mm-hmm. math mm-hmm. they see their money growing and they're very proud of themselves for doing it so mm-hmm. I love the idea mm-hmm. I really do this next one mm-hmm. is one that makes me smile mm-hmm. because man there were some battles in our house it was the first cell phone mm-hmm. 
I still have my first cell phone. It's a bag phone. It's a Motorola bag phone. He probably still uses it. Doesn't work very very well. Yeah, this this is a topic that the first cell phone. First cell phone. How about you? I mean, your kids are older, so you you. Seventh grade. Seventh, okay. Seventh grade, and seventh grade in our household was because that's when like all the sports would start. Yeah. You know, where the kids would actually stay after school and participate in volleyball or do basketball. That's considered, that's considered middle school. That's middle school. Middle school started at seven. And, and that was it for us, too. But now middle school is fifth grade. True. And so, but we noticed the same thing. School yep. events, uh, sports, um, where it's just like, well, well, now we we need to get a hold of them. Yep. And did yours, you have two kids. Did it, two kids. Did it stay seventh grade for both? Yep. yep. And Joe, is yours going to stay... The same threshold, or I, I, I feel like I see that becoming younger with no. each. If I could, I would have pushed it. I would have pushed it even later. Yeah, but I know we noticed middle school. Well, my daughter is the the. My son was it was sixth grade before, uh, because middle school started in sixth grade. Right. Uh, but then now that middle school's fifth grade, but my daughter is very responsible and she helps babysit. And there's some times where it's like, we just want her to have a phone. Right. Right besides you know the, all that what i call the negative sides of it with the, you right. know, uh, the, the i'm not getting all psychological but the you know the the ding of the new the new message and right. look at my phone and just being on it all the time right. that's mm-hmm. kind of the the flip side of it there's some obviously so many positives but I'm probably a little bit more old school in thought. I was where it's say, like, you're, you're literally listening to three dads talk <laughs> right now. <laughs> it's like, we all have daughters. We all have sons. I don't have a cell phone. I, I, I like being able to look at you know various apps out there that tells me where they're at and I can get a hold of them. But the old school side of me just just go play outside. You yeah. Know? And, but yeah. Anyways, that's that's kind of a dying thought, though. Yeah. I think, well, that's the thing. I mean, you also don't you know just like you do, you don't want to have them save everything and not spend and enjoy we also understand that uh the times have changed that you know you you do your banking on these phones now yes. and, you, and, you, and you you communicate on these phones now and so it's just kind of a mindset of kind of going with the times and so yeah so on this one there's really no uh answer <laughs> i think the age just keeps dropping well the age keeps dropping there's yeah, i mean no I, I, I'm, mm-hmm. I mean i'm hearing kindergartners that i'm that guessing kindergartners who have cell phones too and why a kindergartner would ever need a cell phone would is beyond me. Right. How often is your five and six year old away from you? Right. Other than school, which better they not, can communicate with not you. Be much. Mm-hmm. So it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Like I said, in our house it was seventh grade because uh, that's when the sports really kicked up and the dances and things like that. And yeah, there was a lot of resistance because we had kids in fifth grade, and right. fifth grade who all had the, the other kids, Dad, all the other kids. Mm-hmm. Well, sorry, um, you're my daughter. You're yeah. my son. Yeah. That's how it goes. And, uh, you know, we still battle about new cell phones. It's kind of yes. funny. Well, they used to be, they were a penny if you bought the plan, and now they're $1,000. So, <laughs> yeah. I can see why they're a battle. It's a little bit different. But, Dad, I need the new phone. Yeah. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need the new camera. No, I don't think you do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, first job. First job is super important. Um, in the state of Iowa, you know, a lot of kids can get jobs at 14 with a work permit, uh, things like that. They're usually doing side jobs and so forth. Um, so, your yeah. son, my son, who's four, he's fifteen. He'll be sixteen. Um, that's the, actually a discussion we just had because he's athletic. He's in a sport every uh, season. Um, but again, I'm probably a little bit more old school. I say you're going to be working the rest of your life. You know, he's thinking about not. Uh, I'm maybe spilling the beans, but he's thinking about not doing a particular sport in mm-hmm. the spring, with the idea of getting a job. And so it's 
I, I, I like the idea that he wants to work and he actually helps me in my business sometimes too and he's really good at it. Then um, he has this idea of, well, if I can work more and I enjoy it, then I'd like to work to make some more money because I don't get an allowance, blah, 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 blah. You know, but also at the same time, he's not going to be in high school anymore. You know, I, and enjoy the time that you have to, to play the sports that you want. And so it's, but he's excited about that first job. It's mm-hmm. probably, you know, not just money, but also the freedom of kind of being on your own and responsibility. And he's worked at camp this last summer uh, where he was gone. So he, that idea of kind of being away from the family and being able to make some money. And But yeah, it's a, I, I, I don't have a... So when was your first job though? Because I'm going to hold it to the fire. Okay, yeah, I was, I was 14. I was working at Dairy Queen, but... I mean, I was making I was making four twenty five an hour, you know, and I'd work, and then I, and then I worked at. I'll ask uh, you what your first job was yeah. in a second time. <laughs> well, then I and then I worked at the the local the local drugstore as a I was a I can't even believe this I was a floor manager making like five fifty an hour, and I could close the store and open it, and but I was also real flexible. <laughs> I could just show up after practice, mm-hmm. and if I didn't have games, then you know I didn't I didn't have to go, but. Mm-hmm. But I only worked and my paycheck was maybe, you know, 20 bucks a week, yeah. you know, because I just couldn't work that often. So, but I never got an allowance either. So it's it, the idea of managing money and learning that process, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's probably a little more difficult for me. But. Yeah. So Todd, now it's up to you. When was your first job? Oof. What age were you? This is a long time ago. I was 11. 11? I well, know Todd's I, from Minnesota, I, yeah. so that might be different. Yeah, they don't have rules. I grew up in they Minnesota, don't have rules too. They don't have rules. Oh my God, there. you're both from there. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Skull. I worked uh, for uh, some family friends, um, owned a little bait shop, and um, uh, it was just a startup for them. And um, that they, is so Minnesota. It, yeah, is. it is. It is. I took care of uh, boxing up night crawlers into uh, you know thirteen in a box, baker's dozen of night crawlers, and mm-hmm. restocking potato chips and potato uh, pop pop into the cooler. Yeah, pop. Uh, getting the dead minnows out of the tank. And, and it was good business skill. It let me stock shelves, run the cash register, and um, all for the high, high rate of 75 cents an hour. I was going to say, what was your hourly rate? 75 cents an hour. I used to mow for them as well and uh, yep. babysat. And um, do not take any negativity to this because these people are like parents to me still mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, have stayed very much close to them. And uh, the girl that, you know, I was 12, 12 years old approximately when, when I started babysitting for them. Um, she's like a little sister to me, yeah. and so it, it 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 morphed into a lot more than just mm-hmm. just working in a bait store. But from then on, I I, I then continued to work in uh, into a grocery store when I was sixteen. And uh, I tell my wife that um, you know, as far as encouraging your son about working and stuff, you do miss out on some high school things. I actually felt like I may have had the most disposable income of my life when I was living at home. 16 years old, riding a bike, and had no expenses. You know, whatever I earned, and that was like three ten an hour, I think, minimum wage was. And felt like I could do whatever I wanted with that money. Mm-hmm. Well, I strongly encourage kids to get the jobs as early mm-hmm. as possible. My kids mm-hmm. probably around 15, 16, I would think, when they got their first jobs. But, mm-hmm. you know, minimum wage now is like 15 bucks an hour for these kids. I mean, shoot. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I, I did tell them, because we talk about this quite a bit, and I said, you know, you're also, you know, with this, this uh, not cult, I shouldn't say culture, but just this uh, environment, I should say, of where people are looking, you know, they need work, that he has the opportunity to kind of pick where he wants to work. I know right. he's a hard worker. Right. He's great with people. He's great socially. Right. 
he has but he can basically choose where he wants to work yeah. in some yeah. sort and, yeah. and i said i'm like for us it was kind of who you knew right yeah. you needed to know someone who could oh yeah you got to let joe come in yeah so the question i'll ask you guys is um let's say your son does get a job at mm-hmm. a target or whatever or wherever mm-hmm. 15 bucks an hour mm-hmm. do you hold the same concepts we mm-hmm. talked about earlier with the charity first the mm-hmm. savings and then the spending mm-hmm. absolutely Absolutely, I agree with that too. Yeah, we even—I mean, with the—you guys mentioned the schools. Uh, They—he—he he still has. He took advantage of that junior savings through mm-hmm. the the school's uh, mm-hmm. bank, and that's still his account. And mm-hmm. he likes it—the fact that he can put money in that, and he just doesn't touch it. Yep. You know? It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, first car. First car. Nineteen ninety-three Geo Metro. Nineteen seventy-three Pontiac Le Mans. Rusted off. Seventy-eight Monte Carlo green with a vinyl top, white vinyl top. Two door. Two door. Came out of my grandfather's junkyard. That's sweet. <laughs> All used tires on it. Yeah. <coughs> One summer I had eight flat tires because I could never get new tires. I always had to come from the junkyard. I'm a master at changing tires, by the way. Put me on a pit crew, no doubt about it. Uh, do you think parents should be buying their kids' cars? Mm. Well, it's a tough I, one. Yeah, it is a tough. Where my son's going through ours, it was kind of a um, pay half kind of thing because I mean the, the the other side of it is, you know, we live in West Burlington and he's school downtown and he's in all those sports. Then guess mm-hmm. who's going to pick him up if he doesn't yep. have a car? You know, I think parents actually get sick and tired of picking up their kids, yeah. so they'd almost rather just go out and buy their kids a car. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then he'll also help hauling kids around. So yeah, yeah, we uh, no more than one kid in the car though. Yeah, we. I guess we provided our kids cars. Um, they were not new cars in any way. Mm-hmm. One was one was one that I had driven for quite a while, and that became my daughter's first car. And then my son, we actually did buy a car, and and uh, when he was like fifteen, it was like a used rental car, had quite a bit of miles on it, and uh, it really has. It really turned out well because um, um, it really wasn't that expensive a car. And our goal was, you know, if he can start with this car at 16 and it can get him through college and it's, if it's complete junk at, at mm-hmm. 22, um, we, we won the game yeah. and, and he continued driving it for another three years after college was done. <laughs> he traded in, they gave him like 3000 bucks for it. And it's like, wow, that, I mean, we chalked that one up to a win. That's so, a win. um, yeah. And they took good care of them. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a responsibility thing. Um, you know, it's it it, it 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 becomes a kind of a this is a possession that I want to be proud of, take care of it. There's some good good mm-hmm. learning there too. Yeah. We uh we gave our kids cars too. Natalie got the hand me down car at first and then she got a new one and then Travis got a used one. And we've talked to Travis about the possibility of trading in his car for something new. He's like, Nope, I like my car. It's yeah. perfect for me. I don't need anything different. Yeah. Um the funny thing though with, with uh, my older child, Natalie is she's really become to think of this as her car. Like, she's never paid anything for it, right? you know, right. but it's her car. Right. So, Dad, I want to buy a new car. Well, okay, what are you going to use for trade-in? Your car? No. <laughs> I don't know. Is that how that's going to work? That's right? still my car. <laughs> it's still my car. You know, it belongs to me. So, uh, first cars, I mean, it's that's a hard one, you know. There's a lot of people out there who maybe can't afford to buy the cars mm-hmm. for the kids and um, you know, there's always used cars you can go out and work on as a project together yeah. with kids and things like that. That's I, the I route. We, that idea. That's the route, that's the route you went. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, just, we got a, we found an old Jeep Wrangler, mm-hmm. $3,000 and he loves it and mm-hmm. you know, he's going to pay half and, but he's also showing him how to change things out. And mm-hmm. It's kind of the concept. It's pretty know? cool. Mm-hmm. It's so. pretty cool. 
Uh, moving out and the first home. You that's know, you guys. That's that's, you, guys. you can't be part yeah, of this discussion sorry. yet. So we'll hopefully not advice. yet. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully he's not ready to move yeah. out yet. I'm sure he is. But. So so I'm actually going through this right now. So yeah. I'll kind of take the lead on this moving yeah. out thing. You know. So Travis is now in the army. Mm-hmm. So he's not technically moved out, but I don't ever expect him to be living at home again just for visits and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been interesting because he went into a situation where he literally has no expenses. Everything's taken care of for him, room, board. He did have to buy his own uniforms, just miscellaneous spending and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Natalie, on the other hand, is still living at home for probably at least another year, maybe longer. And, uh, you know, she's talked about wanting to get her own apartment with friends and we're trying to discourage it because... You know, it's it's expensive. It, it's a you big know, expense. Even in our tiny area, finding a decent apartment that's safe and stuff like that's running into the hundreds of dollars a month. Right. And uh, when you're going to school full time and working part time, it gets to be a lot. So, what about you, Todd? I mean, when your kids moved out, um, both of them were college related, so they they uh, both went to college. I think they each came home. So my oldest is a girl. Um, she went to school in Des Moines. Um, and I think she came home the first summer, and then the second summer, um, her program was intensive enough that she she actually was kind of working on a dual degree program. So she was staying for the summers doing um, additional work with her degree. My son came home, I think, for the first summer after he um, he went to Cedar Falls and uh, still lives in Cedar Falls. Fell in love with the community, and and uh, um, yeah, it was it's a transitional time. Uh, about the parents as well, mm-hmm. uh, big big transition, big. Uh, you know, you're never done being a parent. So just the fact they're moving away doesn't uh, does not equate to well, I'm free from this parenting job, at all. It um, it may actually become more intense during the college years. We found, mm-hmm. and um, we just try to be really involved in their lives, but not. Um, overshadowing or burdening their lives. I don't know if we have a good balance on that or not, but uh, something we just listened to this week was really kind of ties into this very well, but it was a, a podcast about, a, it was a sermon out of Cedar Falls and the lady that did it. Uh, it was on this adult relationship with, or parents' relationship with their adult children. And she did a really great job, but but uh, she, she really talked in terms of, you know, you got to make the transition. You know, it's a transition for them, it's a transition for you as well, and you you know, there's going to be hiccups along the way, and you get too involved. But one of our key points was, don't give advice, uh, and and even if they ask you for advice, let them ask ten times before you are willing to give any advice. It's a smart smart move. I immediately start thinking of my dad. Like I'm talking about something, but I've done it this way. All right. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be telling me that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you start the sentence with what a person should do, <laughs> you've already lost that battle. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kind of tying this back to money, you know, I, I don't think it ever changes with children. You know, they're looking to their parents for advice. I mean, it's the same kid who at five years old was earning that $5 allowance a week or making their bed for five bucks a week, whatever the case may be. You know, they're still going to be looking for advice somewhere along the line. You know, I've talked before about how I've got my kids contributing to certain things. And Todd Todd and I have had conversations about, you know, his children, uh, both very successful. They're, they're talking to him about their money. You know, they do ask questions. They do want to know about what's going on. 
you know, they sometimes want your opinion. Right. I mean, they just got to ask 10 times to get it. But. Right. They just assume avoid making mistakes. So if they, yeah. I mean, everybody should learn from others. And um, if you can avoid making some painful yep. mistakes or costly mistakes, then, then, then all the better to you. Yep. Um, so the last one on the list of first is the first home. Now, neither one of my kids have this. Joe's kids don't have it, but Todd's does have it. And I'll relate back to my first home, too. Yeah. You know, scary time. Yeah. You know, I was actually living in Chicago when I bought my first house. And the house was maybe $103,000, you know, which nowadays is nothing. Yeah. It was kind of a nothing house, but, yeah. you know, it was scary. There's some serious emotions in that. And I had to turn to my parents for advice and guidance. And, you know, their first question is, can you afford it? You know, is it a safe area? Things like that. Yeah. How did you deal with it with your kids, Todd? Well, I, I, I mean, it's turned out to be a success. This, this, my youngest, who's a boy in Cedar Falls, he was renting a house. Um, so he'd lived in the dorms a little bit, and then he had an apartment with some guys, you know, four guys together. And then they got this house together, these four guys. So he's in this house. He's a pretty responsible kid, and, and they're each making uh, 300 bucks a month each rent to the landlord. So whatever that is, 1200 bucks a month. And he got to be kind of friendly with the landlord from the standpoint of, uh, you know, some repairs, things. And this guy was an older guy, and he, he told my son, he said, you know, I'm at an age where I'm thinking about downsizing some of these properties that I have. I have several throughout the college town there, basically. And uh, Andrew was like, he's, he's kind of entrepreneurial, and he's kind of like, well, maybe I should buy this house. And he started talking to me about it. Maybe, maybe I should buy this house and keep my roommates and they're going to help me make this payment, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, ultimately it came together. Um, um, he got the financing through, actually financed it through our banking here is in Burlington, but mm -hmm. even though it was in Burlington, he financed it here. Um, and I was able to help him with that and some of the process and paperwork and, but it was a great learning experience for him. And, um, it worked out really well for two years. He had three other guys helping mm -hmm. him make this payment which mm -hmm. and he kept doing his regular rent so he kind of really worked down that principle and since then now he um once he got married you know it's time for the roommates to move out and so him, he and his wife who are uh, in the same house now they're they're doing great you know home improvement projects to mm -hmm. it and we help a little bit but he really you talk about YouTube videos and learning ability on the, on the internet. He's doing stuff that he did not learn from me yeah. in, in carpentry and construction, and they've really done a nice job of of really awesome. really improving it. And That's so awesome. they're building value by by doing that work themselves. Yep. I love it's it. Turned out great. I love it. So Joe, are, are any of your kids taking any personal finance classes in in school yet? Because I know our local high school does offer personal finance classes. Not at this point, I believe. Not yet? Okay. Well, that's one thing I was going to actually give kudos to the education system about, is they're finally teaching kids some basics about money. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really one of the more popular classes, to be honest with you, because kids have an interest in learning about it. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you're listening to this and you got children, they're high school age, you know, ask them. Ask them if they're taking any of these classes. Right. You know, there it's, are private corporations. Use, use yeah. your whole life. Yeah, you'll use it your whole life, you know. Um, I don't know if they even teach you how to balance a checkbook anymore, but they kind of teach you what money is and what money does, and it's pretty great. I mean, I love going to talk to the local finance classes. I think it's fantastic. Um, so. Just a side note there with the, my son, who, who I was just telling about the house. But um, So when he was in ninth grade, um, I was a big Ramsey listener on the radio, and he had band every other day early, so like 7 in the morning he needed to be there. 
and I was, you know, I'd get him there and then I'd go to work. And, um, so I'd listen to this, you know, either podcast or just on the, yeah, it was podcast so I could control the time, but listen to Ramsey every day or, or actually the deal was I was going through the class. So I had the CDs. That was it. So I was listening to the whole CD series, um, financial peace university. And, you know, I was, I was, I thought he was half asleep, you know, I mean, who isn't at seven in the morning? And so every other day he was with me listening to this series of stuff, you know, and I wasn't doing it like this is a big teaching moment. But what I found out is that it is a big teaching moment. I mean, there was some absorption going on there. And to the point where, you know, a few years later, you know, when you know, he was doing this when he was 15, 16 years old, listening to this with me. And then I'm then he's 22 or 24 years old and we're doing something together. And he's like, gee, dad, Dave, Dave Ramsey wouldn't do it that way. <laughs> so he's, he's second guessing. You know, he's he's kind of putting me back on the program and basically saying, you know, I love it. Dave wouldn't do it that way. I love that. That's great. Yeah, uh, huge fan of the Ramsey shows we've talked about before, and you know, it's funny now because you got you like like your son. It's the children of the people who were listening to him way back when, yeah, that are now listening to him, and you know, it's like a generational millionaire thing. Yeah, you know, they understand the concept from an early age on. So. Uh, that's just another avenue, folks, if you uh, want to start talking to kids about money. There's a lot of great resources through Mr. Ramsey's programs and uh, strongly encourage you to purchase his products and stuff. So, All right, so um, bottom line, it's important to talk to your children about money and guide them to a realistic and profitable future. Once again, um, make sure it's age appropriate, your discussions. You know, you don't be talking about your five-year-olds about investing in the stock market, things like that. Um, and you just work with them. You know, it's a process. It's a process. And uh, you know a lot of adults out there who can't handle money. But um, it's amazing how many kids nowadays can. So it's a wonderful thing. So uh, my heartfelt thanks goes out to all of you for listening today. And as usual, a special thanks to Joe Jolin and Todd Slatke for joining me today. Um, we want to hear from you. Don't forget about that. Please reach out to me by either giving me a call at 319-576-2264 or visiting our newly designed website at www.greatriverinvestments.com. Go to that contact section of the website and get a hold of us, please. I or a member of my team will be in touch with you shortly to discuss our next steps together. Thank you again for listening to the Marvin Knows Finances Show. This is Marvin Thompson, your certified financial planner. Have a great day.